Hi everyone, welcome back to the Poma podcast. Great to be with you all today. Um, I'm really excited today to have um, a good friend of mine back on the podcast again. Um, Sarah Heath is back. Welcome back, Sarah. Thank you. Glad to be back. Yeah, Sarah's been on a couple of times. Um, Last time she came on, she was talking about her book, which had just come out, uh, What's Your Story? Yeah. Um, Which has done really well, I think. Um, Yeah, it has. um, Great book about the story of Joseph and about the power of story. Um, today we're going to be talking about her podcast. Um, a podcast is, about a podcast. That's very meta. A podcast about, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but it's not just a podcast. I mean, your podcast is not just a podcast. It's a, This is really a podcast about your story. Um, yeah. And so this is really, really interesting. It's called Sonderlust the Podcast. It's out every couple of weeks. Um, it's, yeah. It's really, really good. I'm loving it. Uh, it's been going for a about a month or a couple of months now and um this is our third month so the one that comes out on tuesday will be our three-month anniversary one wow so yeah. good so good um yeah. it is brilliant and it's just tell us what the podcast is about sure so sonder less sonder uh that word means to uh notice that everybody else is uh, living a life separate than yours. So think about like when you're on a subway or on a train or you're walking on the street and all of a sudden you realize every single person around you has a different story and it, they're living a, a different life than you are. So they have a different narrative. They're a different person. And so Sandra Lust is the idea, but not only are they living a different life, but you want to lead it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's more about the idea of envy and uh, sometimes it's really easy for the grass is greener and we live in a mm. society and culture where um, life just looks great on Instagram and Facebook mm. and um, all these things. And I realized, so I had a big birthday, I turned 37 in September oh. and uh, I realized that I just wasn't happy with where my life was. So my best friend is like an hysterical character named John. Um, and so I had called John and he said, look like we can't keep doing this. Every year you hate your birthday, you hate where you're at <laughs> for different reasons. I mean, I like my job, but uh, I have a really difficult job. I'm a lead pastor at a church that's a new start. Um, I love getting to speak at speaking engagements, but I carry around a lot of guilt for leaving my community. There's just all this stuff that was sort of weighing me down. I wasn't dating. Um, it was just sort of this thing where if life was that way five years from now, I couldn't do it. Um, and so John kind of gave me these challenges. There are four challenges that John gave me. So I have 52 weeks to complete these challenges. And if I don't, then he gets free reign over where I move because his whole theory, uh, a lot of his theory is that I live in a place that's really difficult to live a normal life in. Um, however that may be, I live in Southern California. And so life can be a little bit like a movie. And uh, so the four things he needs me or wants me to do are, uh, number one, I have to like where I live. So I live in this, I own my condo, which is great. I love it. But it is in a very suburban area. There's not a lot of young people. There's not a nightlife. Most of my friends live in L.A. or Costa Mesa, which is further from where I live. So his point was like, you got to love where you live. I like my roommate. He's great. But he just felt like, look, you, you're like stuck in this suburban setting and that's not you. The second thing mm-hmm. was that I needed to love my job, not just like it. Um, because my job is all encompassing as a pastor. It's just everything. Um, so you have to, 
instead of just liking it and being like, eh, it's a job. He wanted me to love it because it's the kind of job you need to love because it's difficult and hard mm. to stick in. Mm, yeah. Sure. He wanted me to have friends outside of my church circle. Um, mm. I have a lot of friends, but I don't spend a lot of time with them because I have a lot of guilt about not spending time with people in my church all the time. Especially when you're a new start, it's really easy to like blend hanging out uh, to like mm. planting a church. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, from coffee times to like hanging out in the evenings and people at my church are fantastic and they want to spend time with me, but it means that I'm working all the time and they don't see that because for them it's not working. They're just hanging out with friends. Um, but I'm their pastor. So it has that added element. And then the fourth thing, um, for him was, and for me was that I needed to start dating again because it had been really about two years since I had been in a relationship. Um, yeah. and I had had, I had to have a really difficult past in that. And so um, a lot of pain points for me are around that. And so I think I built like this hedge around myself that was like, I don't like dating, you know, and I, I had tipped toed into some of it, but uh, I hadn't mm. dove in. So I had to do all these things. I have to do all these things. Or in 52 weeks, John gets to tell me where I'm moving. Now, will he move me? That's the big question. Can he move me? There's so many questions people have already. It's hysterical. We've been doing... Um, the last two have been about my work and loving my work and talking to some really great people. And <laughs> people are calling John saying like, when are we going to get back to her dating life? People are super fascinated with that. Um, so it's been really interesting to me how quickly the podcast has grown. It's grown in numbers, like insane number. Um, and people just like, as soon as something happens, we're getting emails, like calls, people wondering like what's next. Cause it's a real life story. So it's real, real time. You know, it's on like a week delay from what's actually happening in my life. So it's been really interesting and yeah. I'd say I've grown a lot yeah it's been fascinating it really has because I mean it's really strange how that this is for me personally how, how a lot of that resonates with, with me yeah because I'm in that kind of transitional phase I'm like I turned 40 last year this year um and yeah I've been asking all those kind of questions like you know do I like where I work what do I want to do you know um you know, why am I not, why am I not married? Why am I not dating? You know, um, all those kind of questions are coming up for me. So hearing you kind of take, take on those challenges is, it's challenging. It's been challenging for me because, um, I'm kind of feeling like a bit of a nudge to get off my backside and do some of these things. Like one of the things that I kind of was like, almost kind of took me by surprise, um, like a pleasant surprise, but kind of a bit of a surprise was, that episode you did about your Tinder experiment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, so we did. Really one of the things that John required is that I actually tried at dating because I always say there are no good guys um, in Southern California, which isn't true, obviously, you know. Hmm. Uh, but my lens and what I was looking for was definitely off a little bit. Um, so the five, so the four challenges John gave me, we measured against um, uh, Carl Jung's five uh, necessary things for happiness. So the five necessary things for happiness include close relationship and like uh, either marriage and or strong friendships. So one of the things that John said is like, you've got to get out there and it means to be like, you just got to start dating. So he made his challenge within that challenge was you have to go on a, a date a month. And in the beginning that was super overwhelming. Uh, but it really, the Tinder thing, uh, I actually haven't <laughs> really been using Tinder or Bumble. Um, 
like I've, I've had them and I turn them on, but I think what's really fascinating or unique is that in opening myself up to that, I've met humans in real life. Um, and I think I've stopped looking for what I was looking for before, which was not necessarily the thing that will be most fulfilling for me in the end. So Mm. in the beginning of this project, which is only three months old, um, I was kind of looking for my ex, like I have exes and they are similar and, uh, they're what I call a lighthouse. So they, uh, <laughs> they forget about you. And then all of a sudden you really, really matter to them. And then they forget about you. And the lighthouses that I had led into my life were, um, sort of the outwardly very, very handsome, uh, alpha male in the room. Um, mm. because something about them being so magnetic and shiny made me feel good about myself. It's as if everyone in the room would be like, well, who's with him? And then it made me feel good. And it's interesting because I, that kind of thing with guys, like just grosses me out guys that have trophy wives. Um, Mm. but here I was, whether I knew it or not looking for that, looking for a guy that I could feel proud of being my significant other. So it was a very strange dynamic to realize in myself. Um, Mm. and, and it has definitely changed, uh, just in like looking at that and because of the challenge, like I said yes to people that I never would have said yes to. Um, I, I spent a lot of time with guys that, um, I would, for whatever reason I was either intimidated of, or I, I just didn't feel like, uh, they were my type. Um, you know, and it's been really, really interesting what like has come of it and dating has been great. And I've been dating and I'm probably about to be in a relationship with one. And it's like the strangest, like I had to get outside of my own head. It took a challenge, like a podcast getting real public with how awkward I am, um, for that to happen. And it's been great. So I would recommend it. Go do it. Turn on a Tinder. They have Tinder in the UK, right? Yeah. Oh, we do. Yeah. I mean, I've, I mentioned this to a couple of friends of mine, like about this Tinder thing, and I was like, they're Christians, and they're quite like liberal, liberal, progressive, like Christians, and they were, they were like, really Tinder, like you know, and I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I mean, like me, like I, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not an extrovert, and I'm kind of, I, I wouldn't know what to, wouldn't know where to begin with, with, with profiles and stuff, and I wouldn't, and I'm not photogenic and. You know, although there's, these are probably excuses. I need someone like your friend. <laughs> I was just going to say, they all sound like excuses. Um, and I had all those, right? Like, um, you know, I may be photogenic, supposedly. I don't know. Uh, but then I think people would think I was a person that I'm not necessarily. Uh, so it was always hard because I was looking for uh, depth as well. And so um, it made it kind of cool. But I think... When I chatted with um, some friends, uh, oh, actually, when I chatted with the, uh, what do you call it, the therapist that I chatted with, um, when I discovered, um, so one of the guests on my show was Amy Muse. Well, I've had two uh, therapists who are incredible be on the show, uh, Hillary McBride and Amy Muse. And Amy Muse um, is a professor at York University in Toronto. Hmm. And her whole uh, focus and what she looks at is uh, longevity of relationship and um, mm. kind of like what works. And, uh, you know, she did a lot of convers- like, uh, 
conversating, that's not what I want, conversing, conversing with me about um, the fact that, you know, I had a lot of stigma around like, oh my gosh, what if people know that I'm online dating? And she's like, Sarah, everyone's online dating. And the truth is um, we don't meet people in bars anymore. And uh, even like the match.coms or the eHarmonies, those are false situations. She was like Tinder and Bumble, which is another one here. Um, they, they're actually more true to life. You know, you, whether you know it or not, when you walk in a room, you take five seconds to decide whether someone's someone you want to talk to or not. And that's the same thing with Tinder and Bumble. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. So I never thought of it like that before. That's actually very true. Yeah. And she's done all the research and she can tell you all of the dating, um, algorithms that, uh, eHarmony and match.com claim to have or not. There's no way. There's no way that they could be scientifically right. proven, right. and they're just as much uh, throwing spaghetti on the wall. So she said, just get out there and do it, and I don't know how to turn off my Facebook notifications, because I think if I close Facebook, I'm going to lose you, right? Yes, that's probably right, yes. But I don't want it to make noise, so I don't know what to do here. Well, uh, here we go. I got it. I think I figured it out. Um, Thank you. By the way, listeners, that's, that's what happens when you don't do editing. You get these, oh, you don't edit. Oh you gosh, get, I'm get, so sorry. These, no, no, no. It's fine. I like I like the kind of um, spontaneity of it, and you get normal conversations. Um, yeah, um, yeah. We're doing a Facebook well, Facebook video chat. This is how we do these things. Um, you know, I think it's funny because I have just started joking with my editors that they edit me in real life now. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I've noticed that they'll say things to me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should have said it that way. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, in real life, you're editing me. I love it. Yeah. I need, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I get a bigger budget, I will be, uh, I'll, I'll try and get some editing and professional stuff done. Maybe with a different podcasts when I do another podcast. Cause I love podcasting. Um, it's fun, huh? yeah, it is. It really is good fun. Um, but yes, Tinder, like, um, that's interesting about Tinder, how it's more like, real life than other internet dating because I've done I've done internet dating on Christian dating websites and they're not actually see that for bad. me that just doesn't work <laughs> they weren't actually that bad I had a couple of relationships great relationships um, because of that one of them was actually with, with a Baptist minister believe it or not um, and um, but now I'm kind of done with it because I, well done with that site anyway because I it's all the same kind of people and they're not where I am and it's just you know it's too much it takes so much time to start over and you know I I guess the thing that when I use that excuse all the time I said oh it would take too much time and da 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 John would say if you're not working towards your goal if you're not putting time in think of it like a job then you can just be happy with where you're at you know do you Mm. because one of the high needs I had was to have a significant other in my life and even in just dating, so I've kind of been dating three guys. It's fine. It'll work out fine. Um, <laughs> is the reality and truth of, hey, I really like having a, another person in my life. I'm a better me when I'm in a relationship, I feel like. Um, I feel like I, and that's, that sounds weird to say, and it's not like I need a man. That's not the point. I just mean like when I am stopping to care for someone else. And that care is being reciprocated. I think who I am is a much better reflection of myself. Mm. So for me, I have been avoiding it because of some real pain points um, in my life. And 
the guy that I dated before all of this really, really damaged me further than some damage that I already had before. Um, and so I think the resurrection or the redemptive story in all of this Mm. is like learning how to be open and honest and say, like, if I really care about dating, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to be open to it. I'll tell you what, like the fella I've been spending most of my time with, um, I, a year ago, wouldn't have gone on a date with him. And a year ago, he wouldn't have gone on a date with me. Like we are so different. Uh, and you know, he's a pastor. I'm a pastor. Like it's like not in any way, the same denomination, not anyway. Like we have so, we're so different. And yet, um, he's an absolute delight and will it work out? I don't know. And, and I don't, that's not what it's about anyway. It's about more, um, being honest about my humanity and my need and the fact that I'm still a girl, even if I'm a pastor, because, uh, I think this narrative we build about Christians is like, you can hang out in a closet and, you know, someone will show up, your significant other would find you. And the truth is, is like, that's just not how God's ever worked in my life. And so for me to just like sit around and wait for the person Mm. and I'm like, not the best Christian anyway, um, even if I'm a pastor. So I was like, I just needed a, I needed a swift kick in the pants. And it's really been such a life giving experience, honestly. Um, I hated it. Oh, the first month I hate, I hated going on first dates, like hated it. And I felt awful because these guys were having fun and I was like, oh, I hate this. Um, but I think, a, I don't know, a better me is a more balanced me is being born, I would say. And that's just where I'm at right now, three months in. There's a lot of stuff we're about to like dig into. There's some pretty painful stuff around like body image stuff. Because one of the other things that um, the four things, you know, is... Uh, are the five things that Jung says, one of them is like, you have to have a healthy body and mind. And, um, I love working out and I love being physically fit and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, I have to make time for that. And that's really difficult with my schedule. So, um, Mm. yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. Really amazing. Um, so so do a podcast about changing your life and it actually literally changes your life. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm writing a book about my life changing. Um, Are you? Well, that's my next book. I'm going to be. I'm starting to write it in January. Um, my last couple what's of it, years. What's it? What's it about? So it's about. Uh, are you going to take on a challenge? Well, no. It's more about where I the last couple of years um, dealing with a bit of childhood and early adulthood trauma, right? And what that did to me and. Um, how that changed me, things I started to do to myself, and then the process of kind of healing and transformation and starting again, um, and what that did to me and what that did to my faith, what that did to, yeah, um, that's, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, but yeah, that's what I've, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to write, I've pitched it to a publisher, um, I'm going to write it anyway, because I think it's part of my healing process to write this book. So, yeah. Um, well, that was the thing my friend said to me when I started this uh, podcast. Uh, a friend of mine who's an editor of some pretty huge podcasts, um, I told him, hey, I've got this idea for a podcast. It's from this conversation John and I had last night. I think I'm going to do a podcast about it. And he said, it is such a good idea. It's so compelling. Don't do it. <laughs> and I said, why? 
He said, Sarah, there is a false self that you have done a really good job of curating for years. And she is going to have to die and she's going to die publicly. And I'm not sure you're ready for that. Um, and she has, and she is continuing to die and it's painful and it's vulnerable. And even today, like, uh, yesterday we recorded some voiceover stuff with me and my best friend and it's so honest and open that I'm like, Ooh, do I really want to do that? Do I really want that out there? Um, but every time I have a doubt or worry about something, someone will send me an email or a text message or a Facebook message or Instagram that says, Hey, I needed that. And I think that's the that's the hope of your book, right? Uh, it's not yeah. just healing for you, but it's healing for and it's, uh, other people. And it's going to be a, a process as well, because I'm going to be talking about that stuff before the book comes out. You know, I'm going to be writing about it and maybe I might even start a podcast about it. You know, I mean, maybe that happens. I don't know. I have no idea, but I know that I'll be talking. I want for the new year, I'm going to be talking about that stuff a lot more um, as I write the book. And um, because I think it's important, you know, and I, I can't tell you why in too much detail, but it's just, uh, there's so many reasons why I really feel like this is the, this is, this is the thing to do. Um, because I don't think I've, like you, I can put a false self on and, or dress up my story a little bit and make it seem like it's not as painful as it was. Um, uh-huh. and not be vulnerable. Actually, that's one thing I've been challenged with because um, I'm a home group leader and uh, in my church and one thing I've been challenged with is learning to be vulnerable and be a leader as well mm-hmm. and because I want to be vulnerable and I, I'm I'm good at being vulnerable normally and um, I think it's important but as a leader I've been like well I need to I've got to take care of these people and I've got to be strong for these people and yet you know, whenever I'm vulnerable I always feel like inf- I'm inferior to people so how am I going to be vulnerable with these people in a healthy way? And that's kind of something that I'm wrestling with and I'm talking to people about right now because um, that's what, you know, that's, again, and again, that's, I think it's all linked. I think it's all connected, you know, that um, because your vulnerability is really, really important. I've been reading, I've read a lot of Brené Brown over the years about vulnerability. And it's, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's just a really powerful thing. I think it's not weakness. And I think we've always, particularly like my family's British, right? So, um, and Canadian and we are taught there's the, I don't know how to turn that off. Um, so we are taught that, uh, vulnerability is weakness. Um, don't show your cards, um, you know, Mm. all that kind of stuff. And so to, um, be open and honest with people in ways that helps transform them as well is, um, is shut off if you, if you're afraid of being yeah. weak. Yeah. And, um, I just don't have time in my life to maintain the false self anymore. No, no, me either. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where I just kind of like, this is me. And if you don't like it, well, that's not, my problem you know i've got i've got friends who i'm accountable to i've got friends i trust who will tell me the truth or tell me if i'm being an asshole you know um and if i'm not being an asshole then i'm just gonna be me you know Um, exactly um and i think that's the thing is to know like hey um when i myself when i'm fully present to my to myself i can actually be fully present to others because when you're busy like maintaining a false self 
you actually don't have room or space for other people or their stories. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been interesting. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've learned is that like we often deal with the symptoms of our problems rather than the problems themselves. Mm. And absolutely. And being vulnerable, like to deal with your actual problems, you need to be vulnerable, you know, you need, yep. um, with yourself, apart from anybody, apart from anybody else. And so, and we're kind of conditioned not to do that, you know, and our, yeah. our culture kind of tells us, no, 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 just deal with the symptoms, like deal with the external stuff. Cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really sad, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, we need to learn how to be vulnerable more. It's uh, hard. I think males sure. also have a difficult time. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And then women, when we're in leadership, have a difficult time because we're told that that's a female characteristic that doesn't belong in the workplace. Um, and so it's like a double-edged sword where, uh, you have to be vulnerable, but not too vulnerable, authentic, but not too authentic. So that's a game that we're always playing this like self-measured. I need to be enough, but not too much. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's crazy making and it's not, it's not what God wants for us. It's not how we're supposed to lead our lives. And so it's been really interesting and really fun to do this challenge of like putting it all out there and saying like, here are the things I really don't like about myself. And this is the life path that I'm headed on. And it might look great to so many people because, um, there is this, like, you get to be a speaker, you get to be a writer, you get to be a pastor, like all this great stuff. And it's like, yeah, and I'm also miserable. Um, so there's like, there's things I love. I shouldn't say I'm miserable, but I, I think that being open and honest to say like, Hey, you may think my life looks fantastic. And there are parts of it that really are, but the strange part is, as soon as I started being honest about the things that aren't great, yeah, my life shifted. Where honestly, right now, I feel like I'm the happiest I've been in a while, like a long time. That's and I think really part funny. of it is that for the first time, I'm noticing the gifts that I have, the friendships that I have, like the community that I've built. And even if it goes away, like it has been such a rad year planning a church with some amazing people and um, getting to speak at all these events with really amazing speakers and getting to do, this has been a great year and it didn't look exactly like I thought it would look. And the people that I were, that I was hoping would like come along with me didn't in some ways, but other people have come along and come alongside me and are walking with me now. And it's just, just a crazy thing that like, it takes a podcast to help you see how, Mm. like how honest, like how, different your reality is from what you were hoping it would be and how much better it is actually mm, for sure um yeah it's amazing isn't it like sometimes the things that make mm-hmm. us that have to happen to make us see these things yeah mm-hmm. um for sure um so, i mean in terms of like the career stuff because that's a whole kind of different kind of challenge like you were talking about you want to have a you need to have a job that you love and you know that kind of what, what challenge have you faced in terms of the job stuff and the yeah. career stuff? Yeah, I got real honest with my leadership and said, I'm not good at some of this stuff and I can't do it. Um, I also got real honest with some of my people above me and I was like, you know what brings me alive is speaking at events. And I know that that's not how you've learned how to develop churches. And I, But I also know a lot of the people that are coming in from our um, church community heard me in Kansas or heard me in different places. So a local church can function with having a leader that happens to also be a speaker, Hmm. but it's going to have to look different. And I had a lot of guilt and shame around that. And I am learning how to tell people, no, this is who I really am. Um, Hmm. 
And I, I had an amazing conversation with a uh, one of my bosses, actually, because of the podcast. There was some, I really don't know how to turn this off. Um, I really want to, but I don't know how to do it. You can have Messenger on without having uh, Facebook on. You can put messenger.com. Um, but, uh, I wonder if I close it. Am I yeah, going to lose I you? I wouldn't close it. I wouldn't close it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Then you're going to have to hear the bing. Because apparently everyone and their mom is writing me about a cookie exchange. Yay. Um, <laughs> now, I had a, uh, yeah. I had an encounter where I had a uh, someone who was above me really concerned by the fact that I was doing the podcast. Like, really concerned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, being concerned about the fact that my life was sort of, um, becoming public and really concerned that, you know, people were thinking I was going to move and that I was really unhappy and not, it wasn't like, Hey, what are we doing in a system that's making this pastor really unhappy? It was more like, you know, is this all about you or how is this going to damage the church? Like just really difficult conversations. And at the same time, like we were getting a crazy number of followers and listeners to the show. And we were like, it was one of these moments where I was talking to another leader who was really supportive of me. And I was really honest and said, here's the deal. I'm a United Methodist pastor because I really want to share the story of the divine in a way that, um, you know, uh, basically like, in a way that is authentic to who I am and what I do. And so speaking is a big part of that for me. Um, working on this podcast is a big part of that for me. Um, it seems to resonate with people. I seem to be able to bring people in. Our church is growing in numbers. I said, and I absolutely want to do this for the United Methodist Church. But if this is not a good fit for you and who I am as a leader is not a good fit um, as an elder in the United Methodist Church, then I 100% understand if you need me to turn in my orders <laughs> and not be a United Methodist pastor. I said, uh, and it was really freeing in that moment to realize, like, I am a United Methodist pastor because that is the best expression of what I'm doing right now. But I am actually a pastor first and I am a speaker first and I am a person first. And if it doesn't fit within the structure or system that they need it to fit in, not a problem. Just means that I have to go do this somewhere else because this is actually what I'm called to do. Mm. Yeah, I remember Rob Bell talking about about that, how he's like he's no longer officially a church pastor, but he feels like he's more of a pastor than ever, you know, because that, that's mm-hmm. just that's just who he is. That's what he does, yeah. um, and he doesn't need a position or a church or whatever to to be that or to do that. And it sounds very similar, you know, that that's this is just who you are. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to do this wherever you are, um, and whether you're in a church position or you're not you know this is just what you will do uh, but i think it's a great way to grow a church it's a great way to be community and so it's kind of got yeah. that thing of like hey if this works for you awesome if it doesn't this is who i am um and having that conversation and not being um kind of you know not having to like be this person that they thought or they want me to be in some ways um, has been really, really helpful. So, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So, so how do you feel you're doing with the challenge? Like, is it, uh, I guess it's not what you expected. Is it better, better, worse? Better. Um, like I said, the, um, the dating one was worse <laughs> to start. <laughs> not worse. It was just, 
I have so much anxiety around that. Um, I hate hurting people. So like welcoming people into my space and then being like, actually this isn't working out is like my biggest fear. Um, and people have come out of the woodwork to be like, I actually have had a crush on you. And I have to be like, Oh yeah, no. Um, and so that's been, that's been really hard for me. Um, I've really hated that. Uh, but at the same time, it's also been really life giving to, on the other hand, give people a chance I never would have. And just really been blessed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the challenges have been good and hard and like, I want to fight back because you want to run your own life. Right. And so for a year to allow your best friend to run your life is a very weird experience, <laughs> but yeah. good. Yeah. Super good. There's a lot of trust that's required there. Actually. He's my best friend. You know, people always ask me about him and I say, he's my human. Um, yeah. and I know he loves and cares for me. And I also know like my editors and producers, they're not gonna, nothing will get too crazy, you know? Um, yeah. And we don't know where it's going, which is also really hard to not have control. Like, I have no idea where this is going. You know, so many people are like, are you and John going to end up together? And it's like, this is not like a sitcom. This is actually life, and it's in real time. I have no idea what's going to happen. I doubt that's what's going to happen. But that's, I mean, that's what happens, though. When you you invite people into your life like that, it's a, that's what people start doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you become a sitcom. Yeah, and it's, that's why it's so courageous, you know, to do this in the first place. I think sometimes yeah. the courageous things that we do, that we don't realise how courageous they are until we've done, until we're still, until we're in the midst of them. And I think that's deliberate. I think that's a, that's a good thing somehow that, you know, last year leaving my job and then going into this kind of dark place that I went into, um, I had to go to. I didn't realise how bad that was going to get. I didn't realise how dark that was going to get. And if I'd known, you know, I'm not saying I would have avoided it, but it certainly would have made it harder to jump into it in the first place. Um, And it sounds like something similar, you know, has happened. Yeah, I think I, I think it was episode two and I was already in a vulnerability hangover of like, people know that, that all this stuff about me and blah, blah, blah. And what do they think about me? And then, I had to let go of thinking about what people think about me because there were so many people that were finding it life giving and were happy and, um, experiencing something new, um, in their own lives. And so I had to, um, I had to let go of the need to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The very, yeah. We don't often think about that, do we? Need to be cool. <laughs> yeah. You got like, I have been aloof my entire adult life. Yeah. That is part of, what makes me me. And I love that. I loved that identity, um, that I was someone that people kind of knew about, but didn't really know about. Um, and so, um, I think I, I over loved that. (laughs) And so, uh, to let go of that and become something else has been really, uh, yeah, my true self, I guess is coming out and it turns out people like her. And so that's fun. Yeah, that's really great. Um, like, I hate my voice. Like, hate my voice. <laughs> and funny... so doing a, po- doing a podcast is, like, murder. Like, people are like, Sarah, your voice is so great. And I'm like, it is yeah. the... I don't even know how you're listening to me right now, people. Like, yeah. I hate my voice. It's, um, a, it's a very unique voice in a, in a really good way, you know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I like your voice. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, That's what people say. And I don't, I'm like, oh, I hate it. Every time I hear uh, a recording, I'm like, who is this whiny person and why are they letting her on the air? 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's you. That's who it is. I totally resonate though because I I find it really difficult to listen to myself. I, I I just don't like listening to my own voice. I like yeah. I so I I get that. I definitely get that. Um, it's like watching yourself on video. Like I. I, oh, I hate I, it. I hate. I hate doing that. No, I hate doing. I like being on video and I like doing videos, but I like you know be, watching myself on. No. Yeah, you do a lot of the like Facebook Live stuff, right? Yeah, I love. Yeah, and I love it. I love love doing those. Um, I love I love doing Facebook Live simply because like you get to have a conversation with people and you never know where it's going to go, and it's totally spontaneous a lot of the time. And I ended up having some amazing conversations with people like just talking for like an hour you know and it's like it's amazing yeah um yeah this is weird because this keeps turning into an interview with me you can tell you've been doing a podcast because you're interviewing me a lot of the time in this, this episode <laughs> i know it's that <laughs> it's like a pastor slash podcaster yeah it's just not like people sit beside me on a bus and i'm gonna end up knowing their life story yeah People yeah. fascinate me. I mean, I even think like I fascinate me. Like, <laughs> why do I do the things that I do? You know, like I constantly like speak out of two sides of my mouth, right? Like, mm. um, I need stability, but I need excitement. I need like all these things that like don't necessarily all go together. Mm. And, uh, listening to a podcast is when you really like learn what your ish is, how much you like kind of have self, uh, deflected self denied self, all this stuff that you're like, Oh, I've been like, kind of lying to myself for a little while so so what challenges kind of lie ahead on this show what other kind of areas are you thinking about? sure yeah so next week is actually uh so next week we do a check-in a three-month check-in and we're actually going to talk about the dating piece a little bit um awesome with my best guy friend and then one of my uh really close girlfriends her name is lisa yaboa she is an african-american uh preacher in raleigh north carolina and we graduated from seminary together and she has gone through very similar story to me. Um, but she's a freaking hysterical. So like, she is one of the funniest people I've ever known. So she's going to kind of share about her story and what she's gone through. So that'll be on that. And then John kind of, uh, John has known what's been going on in my life, but just for the sake of the podcast, we, uh, had to kind of rehash it all out. Um, and he definitely, (laughs) he has a favorite out of the guys I've been seeing. Not, they're all great. They're great guys. Uh, but John's just like, and it's like not the guy that everyone, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It's interesting to see cause he's actually, he actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> he knew, um, he had been listening to the podcast before we had ever gone out. So that's kind of a weird That is experience. weird. Yeah. That's just yeah. bizarre, isn't Super it? Super weird. Um, uh, just cause he's a curious person. So like when he meets someone, he like looks up all their stuff. So he uh, looked it all up and was like, huh. Um, so he kind of knew all about you before you really got to know each other or you got uh-huh. to know him. So um, that must have been surreal. It is. It's a weird. It's, and then to hear himself, like he's, he, I talked about him in an episode um, and he heard it. <laughs> he was like, so, I mean, we, we do a really good job of like not giving away too many details so that yeah. people don't know that know him and, um, also it's just weird. Like we're, we're just going to try to figure out how to negotiate a relationship, but we don't need it to be a public situation. Um, or if we even want to, like, this is so new and who knows, we may not be the person for the other mm-hmm. one. So I think they would be so much more hurt to like 
be having a, a nation cheer for you or a <laughs> or a podcast crew yeah. cheering for you. I guess that's the problem as well. I think they say that something something happens with something that's that serious, and then it kind of there's a danger that it could that soap opera thing can happen and. You know, well, you, you know, like... I always think about the girl who did the TED Talk about the, like, 30 questions you can ask someone and fall in love with them. Have you heard about the her? Oh, no. I'd like to see that one. It's see an that. excellent podcast. It's uh, our excellent TED Talk. She talks about there are, like, 33 questions or something. I forget the number. Um, and if you engage them with someone, most likely you will fall in love with each other. Wow. And uh, it's a really interesting theory. She's a psychiatrist, psychiatrist, yeah, uh, or maybe psychologist. But uh, and while she was doing work on that stuff, she actually fell in love with a stranger. Um, <laughs> so the story became like for a lot of people it was like, where is this relationship going to go? And she did a great job of saying, this is his name. He exists, like first name, not last. Um, there will be no pictures of him. We will not interview together because when she did the Ted talk, the relationship was only four months old. And so just a really fresh, I think they're like four years in at this point. Um, but it was, I think that's been really helpful for me is like, Hey, like I don't need to drag this guy through this, you know, Mm. journey with me. And it's only going to add pressure to something that's so new and tender. And, um, there's no need for that. So, Yeah. So then the the challenges coming up are um, a meeting with my uh, trainers next week, uh, like the people who I work out with a lot. Um, And we're going to talk about, like, how do we take care of our body when we're really busy? Um, One of the things Mm -hmm. I don't adult very well with is uh, I don't cook and I don't know how to, like, manage my my like that part of my life. And it stresses me out a lot. So I eat out Mm -hmm. a lot. I hate that. and so we're going to talk a little bit about figuring out how to love our bodies just the way they are, but also be, um, you know, be excited about learning how to like schedule and budget yeah. meals. <laughs> I really need to listen to that one um, because I actually really enjoy going to the gym and exercise, but I don't do it very often. And um, oh, I go all the time. time. I have to just because of time. It's literally just time. It's not lack of desire at all and you know i'm working nine to five i get home at six you know then i got dinner and then i have i seem to have every evening seems to be booked up with something yeah um and it's just like sounds to me like you need a morning routine yeah well i have to leave for work at seven o'clock so i have to be up at six and so i don't have time to go to the gym and come back again before that unless i get up at five which I don't really want to do, um, <laughs> um, but I'm lit. I mean, like with Christmas holidays and stuff, I'm going to start thinking about and the new year coming up as well. It's like I'm going to try and I'm trying. What would to it be of, like to work out at lunch hour? Well, there's no gym at the at the office and um, or nearby. Actually, I'm already a member of a gym, and it's like 24 hour gym. It's really close to where I live, so technically, you know, um, I. Could, probably work out more it's just um for me it's like i don't yeah. come home that's my rule is i don't come home unless i've worked out yeah um, that's a good that's a good idea too i'm but yeah i mean like new year it's a good time i'm gonna set some goals and try and get into some good routines and well, I, I think, think that's it's a oh sorry i'm plugging in the computer as it's dying one of the things we, that, one of the things that my coach and I've been working on is like why I find it hard to get into good habits and new habits. Um, 
and I'm trying to work that out right now. But um, um, yeah, what you were going to say, yeah. Yeah, habits is it's hard, right? It takes what sixty days to make a habit. Yeah, sixty days. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so there we go. So that's, I mean, so I'm, that'll be the next challenge. You're gonna have to hear that one, and that we're gonna move on to loving where I live, and then we're gonna move on to the one that says like seeing. So one of Young's is seeing, uh, Nate, seeing beauty in the world and nature all around, and so uh, my podcast crew and I are planning a trip together. Oh, wow. To see really, to see really beautiful things. Oh wow, that sounds awesome! So we'll like record so... it as we're like on the road of seeing, and I'm gonna have to take time off to do that, which is really hard for me, um, and kind of make a trip out of it. Hmm. Maybe we'll fun. rent. And actually, now that I'm saying all this, we should rent an RV and just like yeah, go across. Across, uh, California is just gorgeous. Absolutely, uh, so. do that. Yeah, it's either that or Iceland. We've been talking about Iceland. Oh, Iceland! I love Iceland. I want to go to Iceland so much. Yeah, yeah. beautiful place. Beautiful place. And so yeah, so- those are the those are things coming up. 2018 is going to be crazy. Um, you know, this whole thing ends September 10th, 2018. So we still got a while. We've only been three months in, and there's lots of like conversations and people we're going to talk to. Um, I have some friends that are pretty well known and um they have a really cool marriage so i'm hoping to interview them to talk about like what was it like for him to be married to a very intimidating person um and then you know what does that look like to be partnered when you are the when you're the uh the intimidating one because i guess i get told all the time i'm intimidating so (laughs) really i wouldn't have thought that but yeah um yeah, oh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about all this. Um, well, thank you for following Sonderlust. It has been uh, quite a journey, and I feel like I'm already starting to get rid of Sonderlust a little bit. We always say we're Sonderlusting. Yeah, I think we, I think we all are. I think we all are. Like we're lusting after some, someone else's life. I think many of us are lusting after somebody else's life, especially in social media, like mm-hmm. because we're all on social media and we forget that. What it's curated. Of, yeah, exactly. What we see in social media is is not the whole story, you know. Never. Um, and even the people who are really honest and vulnerable on social media, that's still not the whole story. There's always more, you know. And um, people who are like, oh, they were just an instant success, or everyone likes them. It's it's not as simple as that, you know. It's it's way different than that. There's always a bigger story going on. Um, yeah. And people's lives are not perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, give that a listen. Sunderlust, the podcast. It's on iTunes. You'll love it. Uh, or not. It will challenge you, maybe make you a little angry. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's really good. And um, Sarah is fantastic. Yeah, so check that out. I think it's also at sunderlustthepodcast.com as well. Is that right? Sunderlustthepodcast.com. You can find us on Google Play, uh, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff. You can find us. We're easy to find. Awesome. Great. I'll be listening. I'd recommend everyone else to be listening as well. So um, thank you so much for for coming on again. And um, have you back next year to hear about how things have been going, I think. That'd be be a good idea, wouldn't it? Sure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Get the latest. Um, Yeah. So thanks, Sarah. And um, Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. I love chatting with you. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, um, 
hope you've enjoyed this everyone and uh, chat to you all soon